Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars. Attention all cars to broadcast number 81. Regarding the operation of a hot bond mob operating in Los Angeles. This gang is believed to be unloading for pretty boy Floyd. Lefty James is handling the investigation. That is all. Bird. Bank robbers, 
It has become an increasingly pleasant duty to cooperate with G-men in their work of sapping out the gangsters. So quiet and unostentatious was the investigation we are about to dramatize for you tonight that few citizens realized at the time that our officers were combating one of the far-flung tentacles of the pretty boy Floyd mob. Yet, as you will see, the criminal activities of that late hoodlum and bank robber extended from his midland hunting grounds all the way to the Pacific coast. We want to see the boss. Why, uh, he's, uh, he's not in now. Come on, come on, don't hand us that stuff. He's in all right, and he'll talk to us. Right there, Get out right of the way, Mark. Hello, boys. Uh, I was just thinking of you. Yeah, I bet. Uh, you want it, won't you sit down? We're only going to take a minute. And what we can say is we're going to say on our feet. What's the idea of sending back them five extra barrels of beer? Boys, I can't possibly sell more than ten barrels a day. From now on, you're taking fifteen. Well, I can't do it, boys. And where's your protection money? You didn't kick in this week. Well, I don't need the face. Boys, I, I get all the protection I need from the police. Oh, yeah? In that case, you better take 20 barrels a day. I, I won't do it, boys. You'll ruin me. You're taking 20 barrels a day. I'll get my beer from, from somebody else first. Is that final, Blackie? Yes. That's all we wanted to know. Dust the racket. Prohibition contribution to criminal history. Beginning with the million-dollar bootleg business, it spread its tentacles to the trucking industry, the building trades, the cleaners and dyers. It strangled metropolitan America, made it travesty of American law and order, netted billions in illegal profits, created a modern robber baron, the big shot. Equipped with armored limousines, surrounded by vicious guardsmen, the big shot fought each other for supremacy. Okay, Eddie, slow down. There's big Tom just coming out of that apartment house. Sammy, old pet. Fred, let him have it. Okay, Eddie, get going. Hey, Mike, you bumped off a kid. Well, what's the difference? I rubbed out big Tom, didn't I? Thus did the vengeful bullets of gangland claim innocent victims. Outraged America clamors for action. But the local authorities are powerless. Then the federal government throws its forces into the battle. At the headquarters of the Secret Service in Washington. You sent for me, Chief? Yeah. Got a job for you. Yes, sir? The federal government is going into the wholesale crook-catching business. They're going to clean up the racket. On what charges? There aren't any federal laws we can get them on accepting violation of the 18th Amendment. And the government can't appropriate enough funds to bolster up the local enforcement authority. Now, wait a minute. That's all going to be changed. The president has promised to ask Congress for more stringent legislation on a number of charges. But there's one charge we can work on right now. What's that? Violation of the income tax law. These gangsters are making millions, and not a single one of them is paying income tax. Go out and build up a case against them. And the attorney general will prosecute us to the limit. Yes, sir. investigators build their cases. One after another, the big shots topple, change their notorious names for numbers, file into federal penitentiaries. 
An awakened citizenry votes prohibition into its legislative grave. Congress makes kidnapping a federal offense. One by one, the more lucrative crimes become difficult, more dangerous to commit. But in the underworld... Yeah, looks like they'll force us guys to go straight. Yeah? Yeah, there ain't no more liquor racket. Don't want to swing for kidnapping, do you? No, but before I'd go straight, I'd snatch first. Yeah, that's about all that's left. That and the second story works. Now, well, you're forgetting the place where there's a big payoff. Yeah, what's that? The bank. Get the door where it's kept. Oh, that's one of the chance. You might get killed. What of it? From now on, it's them or us. So Prohibition indirectly spawned the most daring breed of bank robbers in history. Tom Dillinger. Pretty boy Floyd. No cracksman bees, no snooping romantic midnight prowlers. Theirs is the direct method. Play center, Kansas. Well, Mr. Potts, I think we'll be able to arrange that mortgage for you. Yeah, that's fine. If I can get my hands on that money, I'll be able to put in a new silo. Take them up. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Merciful heavens. Well, I'll make no passes, no burglar alarms, mister. I'll let you have it. I, I, I wasn't. Uh, you better not. I got men with Tommy guns all around the joint. I'll shove out all the dough you got in your till there. But, but, come on, let's have it. All right. Uh, ain't much, but when you get what's in the safe. The safe? Sure, you left the back door open. One of my boys going through the safe now. All, all we've got back there is bonds. They belong to our customers. Now, what do we care? They worth dough to us. Well, I got all the work to get, Floyd. Good. About how much? Well, about 30,000 bucks. That's fair enough. Now, listen, you two guys. My boys will be outside with their tomcats on the door. It won't be healthy for you to stick your noses out of this joint for 15 minutes. <laughs> few weeks later, in Sheldon, Missouri. I'll get this, food. No cause for alarm. You'll all be quiet. Close, if anyone gets out of line, I may have to wipe you out. Hey, pretty boy, it's a big Is it very big? No, not very big. Okay, get some of the boys and move it out. What? You heard me. We can't open their safe. We'll take it with us. operandi of the pretty boy Floyd mob, which swept across the Middle West during 1933 and 34. Small town banks were their prey, and what they failed to realize on ready cash was compensated for the ease and safety of holding up these insufficiently protected institutions, and the large amounts of gilt-edged securities which the safe contained, securities representing the life savings of the merchants and farmers of these rural communities left with the bank for safekeeping. But top bonds are dangerous possessions. And so after a swing through Kansas and Missouri, which had shown vast paper profits, pretty boy Floyd packs his portfolio and visits a Mr. E.S. Wagoner in Oklahoma City. Well, there you are, Elmer. 250 grand in bonds. Most of it, the best paper in the world. It's Liberty bonds. Well, how much can you give me for? Hmm. Quarter of a million dollars. How much of it is in Liberty bonds? About... Two hundred and thirty thousand, man. That's all I'm interested in. I won't monkey with anything else. Okay. How much will you give me for the Liberty Bond? Ten cents on the what? dollar. What? Ten cents on the dollar. But 
Elma, look here. That's just worth more than that. Why, lots of them never had the coupons clipped. Oh, I, I can't let them go for that, and that's my cry. Why, that'd mean that I'd only get 23 grand out of them older. And uh, I got to cut that stuff five ways. Well, that's your problem, not mine. Well, make it 25 cents on the dollar, and I'll let you have them. Not a penny over 10 cents. But listen, no, you was arguing, pretty boy. Those bonds are hot. Why, they're harder to get rid of than mark money. I'd rather float five grand of that Lindy Grant's money than monkey around with stolen liberty bonds. Why? Why? Because those bonds aren't only numbered, but they have the subscriber's signature on them. Why, you have to commit forgery to get rid of them. Another thing, there isn't a town in a thousand miles of here where I can unload them. Those banks you listed them from have flooded the country with descriptions and numbers of the bonds. Yeah. You ain't going to take no 90% discount when you unload them. You make your profit, sure I will. How much? That's my business. Well, I think I ought to get more than 10% for them. Maybe you think so. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm not paying more. <laughs> Maybe you can do better with the corn boys. Ah, they'll only pay five. <laughs> I thought you'd been shopping around. Well, you get a break then. I'll pay 10%, and I'll handle all the stuff you get at that figure. Well, I suppose it's the best I can do. Sure it is. And it's your own fault, too. You guys that are so anxious to make a name for yourself. You're dangerous gentlemen to do business with. If you didn't make so much fuss when you knocked over a bank, and if you didn't get your pictures in all the papers, well, I might be able to make you a better price. I'm going to get smart. I'll pull my next job at night. Oh, no, you won't. <laughs> You're more interested in your reputation as a professional bad man than you are in a payoff. You can't have both. I don't like your lip, Elmer. Be careful. I'll put you on the spot. And sell out to the cone boys at 5%. <laughs> oh, no. You're not going to touch me, and you know it. Okay, okay. The deal is 10%, but I think it's robbery. Robbery? You're a fine one to talk about robbery. Three months passed, and then one August day in 1933, Elmer Wagoner arrived in Los Angeles. Registered at the downtown hotel as E.J. Spaulding meets two friends at a speakeasy on Hill Street. Now you gentlemen know this town. You make the contact. I have the bond. How much did you bring with you? Fifty grand. What's our cut? I'll give each of you ten percent. Not enough. What do you think we are? Well, boys, I have to pay twenty-five percent for them. You're probably lying. Even if you did, you can afford more than ten percent. Well, I don't really see how I can. I'm running an awful risk. Yeah, how about us? We ain't going to run into no federal beef for buttons. Well, well, boys, now, we don't want to argue about the thing. <laughs> Maybe we can make a deal. What do you think is that? 25%. Split between you? No, a piece. Oh, come on, boys. I don't make anything that way. Not much you don't. Now, look here. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll meet you halfway. Now, you know that your figure is a little too high. 
You know that my figure is... Well, maybe a trifle low. How about 15% apiece? Well, that's fair enough. Okay. It's the deal, then. Now, where do we start? Well, I know a guy at a jeweler store. I got contacts at several banks. Good afternoon, Mr. Hastings. Hi. Hello, Mr. Weber. How's the banking business these days? Well, we're managing to stay open. I guess that's something, eh? It surely is, the way things are. Uh, Mr. Hastings, I want you to meet a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Frank Gerard. How do you do, Mr. Gerard? I'm glad to know you. Mr. Gerard has some liberty bonds, and he needs some ready cash for a little business venture. I thought possibly you could make him a short-term loan on his bonds. I think that could be arranged. How much do you want to borrow, Mr. Gerard? I'd like to get as near the face value as I can. Uh How many bonds have you? $14,000 worth. Thank you. Well, we could lend you $13,000 on that. That will be fine. For how long did you want the loan? Mm-hmm. Make it 60 days. Mm-hmm. Very well. You'll just step over this way. We'll make out the necessary things. Thus forging the signatures of the owners of the bond, Wagner unloads thousands of dollars worth of security but he does not reckon on the thoroughness with which Liberty Bond transfers are checked. For within a few days, Chief of Police Steckel of the Los Angeles Police Department receives a message which causes him to summon Lieutenant Lefty James, head of the gangster detail, into his office. Lefty, some of those bonds stolen by pretty boy Floyd last spring are turning up here in town. Yes? Yes. Downtown Bank made a loan last week to a man who posed as the owner of $14,000 worth of Liberty Bonds. When the bank investigated the bond numbers... They found that the bonds he'd stolen from the Wyndham State Bank in Wyndham, Kansas, and that the rightful owner had never received them back. Now, I want you to go out and get the man that's unloading those bonds. Yes, sir. Any angles on it? Yes. The man that introduced to the bank was uh, Mr. E. E. Whaler. Oh, you mean that criminal lawyer? That's the man. Now, I suggest that you shadow him until you get a line on his companion. Yes, sir. Get on it right away. Two days, Lester James shadows Whaler. Watches him meet with Cole and Wagner. Cole, he knows, is a former member of the Hastings gang in Kansas City, a man who has done time for forgery. With Wagner, he is not acquainted. Focusing his attention on Wagner, the unknown quantity, he explains his mission to the manager of Wagner's hotel, obtains permission to tap the wires to the fence's room, sits patiently hour after hour with earphones clamped to his head until... Oh, hello, Steve. Steve sent me up to relieve you so you could grab a bite of dinner. Well. Heard anything? Yeah, nothing important in two days. Well, that's the way it goes. You never know. What? The call now. Hello? Hello, Elmer. This is Elgin Cole. Yes,
Let me talk to Mr. Nussbaum, please. Uh, just a moment, please. I'll to break this in, Steve. Hello? Hello, this is Lefty James, Mr. Nussbaum. Oh, yeah, Lefty. How are you? Fine. Hey, Mr. Nussbaum, uh, do you know a fellow by the name of Elgin Cole? tell you some bonds in about half an hour. They tell me some bonds? Yeah. I don't want any bonds. Maybe not, but you're going to act like you did. What are you talking about? Uh, just this. I want you to do me a favor. Well, I'll be glad to do anything I can, Lefty. Okay. Now, when this guy brings these bonds in, stall them along and keep the bonds. Tell me you have to ask your wife about them or something. Well, what's it all about? Well, you got to look at the bonds, that's all. I'll be right in after he leaves. Well, slip up on this, will you? I'll do my best, Lefty. Okay, and thanks. All right, Steve. Hold on the stick here. I've got a little checking up to do. Well, Mr. Nussbaum, did you get the bond? Did they get the bond? Yeah, he did, and for the job of that, I, I had to tell a hundred and one lies. Yeah, that's all the bonds. Right here. But, but you better you better not take too much time with him because he said he was coming back in half an hour. I only need five minutes. Let's see. Serial number 618. So 9, 10, 11, and 12. This should Gus Nixon. That's all I need, Mr. Nussbaum. But tell me, Lefty, what is it all about? It's a stolen bond. Taking bank robberies and maybe... Stolen bonds? What do I do when he comes back? Maybe he'll bump me off. No, no, I don't think so. Telling you decided not to buy them. But he might decide to take me for the ride. Just to be sure there's no rest of I'll post one of the boys outside. Well, I'll feel better that way. Okay. I'll take care of it. And I want to thank you for your help. Glad to help you any time, Lefty. Only on the next time, don't let it be mixed up with dancing. Okay, Mr. Nissbaum. the serial numbers on the bonds with the Treasury Department in Washington. Quickly, he receives a reply. Well, Chief, I'm on the right track. Well, how's that? Washington reports that the serial numbers of those bonds that some of falling was trying to sell were stolen from the Osho, Kansas State Bank. Great work. When are you going to arrest him? As soon as I find out how much of the stuff he's got with him. Yeah, that's right. We want to reclaim as much of the property as we can. Yes, sir. I'm going to stick on that tap wire, and as soon as I get a chance, I'm going through that bird's room. Letting that guy go? I'm not letting him go, Steve. 
As good as he'd do us with only $3,000 worth of stolen bones on him. Since him now, we'd never locate the rest of the stuff. Oh, I'm beginning to get it. Wait a minute. There's a call coming in. Yeah. 
How do you explain that? Well, as a matter of fact, I knew that they were stolen, but uh, my friend gave them to me. What was your friend's name? Well, I just knew him by the name of Babe. Listen, Wagner, stop lying. They know all about you. Been on your trail for weeks. Left both of your accomplices, Elgin Cole and E.E. Whaler, in jail right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, okay, dummy up if you want to. Let me tell you this. You've got a case against you you can't beat. They're placing you under a $100,000 bail. They're going to hold you right here till they put you away for good. There you are. Take it or leave it. The case is so good we don't even need a statement from you. You're in a spot. You're going to the pen. No amount of lying can save you. And Elmer Wagner did go to the penitentiary, along with his pals, Elgin Cole and E.E. E. Whaler. All three of them are serving terms of from 22 to 32 years in McNeil's Island. Thus did Los Angeles help in the downfall of the pretty boy Floyd Mobb. The final chapter in the activities of this infamous gang of hoodlums was written only a few months ago when pretty boy Floyd himself died from a bullet inflicted by a dying officer who had fallen before one of his murderous bullets. Thank you, Captain Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, truth is stranger than fiction. Every broadcast of Calling All Cars tells a true experience from the lives of the police who use Rio Grande cracked gasoline in their daily work. And Rio Grande's advertising is true, too, for we can prove any claims made for cracked gasoline. It is absolutely true that only in Rio Grande gasoline can you get all the benefits of the patented Sinclair cracking process the very last word in petroleum refinement. It costs you no more. Try it tomorrow. Los Angeles Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. The cancellation of broadcast number 81 regarding a hot bond mob operating in Los Angeles. This gang is now in custody. That is all. Bird. For description of next week's broadcast, Read the Calling All Cars news. Get your copy free from any Rio Grande service station. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>